while you're turning there, that next door there are some bags of apples from the Morgans, and you're welcome to them. Uh, take what you'd like, take a whole bag. There's like five or six or eight bags, so uh, most of them are, uh, it's called an Anna apple. And what's that? And it's an Anna apple, and it's, a, it's an apple that was developed out of uh, Israel to work in our desert climate. So that's the big one. I think there's a bag with some little apples in it. They're called uh, Dorset. And uh, so those are sister. They all come out of that golden delicious realm, except they're not smushy inside. You know, they're crisp and tart. Yeah, so Granny Smith side. But anyway, they're over there. Have one, take a bag or eight. Um, or three, and uh, you know, so take them all, please. You know, what did Rodney Dangerfield say? You know, take my wife, take my wife please. <laughs> anyway, all right, Romans chapter three, if you will, we'll get stud, get going this morning. And Benny Youngman, yes, yeah. All right, Romans three, um, and uh, we're down now to to verse number nineteen. So we are down to the verdict. The, we have come through the courtroom scene, if you will, where chapter 1, starting in verse 18, the wrath, uh, the, well, yeah, actually starts in verse 16, where he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And the subject matter of the court case is about the gospel of Christ. Then the first thing Paul deals with in verse 17 isn't the benefits of being saved or the benefits of being in Christ. It's rather the righteousness of God. So he deals with that. And then he moves into the wrath of God being revealed from heaven. And uh, that is uh, critical to pay attention to, that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. That's a dispensational issue in that the wrath of God is not here on the earth right now in the age of grace, okay? Uh, if you look around at what's going on in our society today, you would think that the wrath of God is right here, right now. The apocalypse is in. The locusts are coming. Look out, you know. You know, we had the virus, and then we had the mad hornets or something, and I don't know what happened with them. They went away or something. <laughs> they didn't. My dad used to say, scratch when you're mad and get glad, you know, so I guess they did, but... Uh, yeah, they're in Washington State, okay. So, but that's not what Paul dealt with. He said, hey, the wrath of God's revealed, and we moved into the courtroom. And then from verse 19 down to 32, the charges against humanity are laid out. And we've been through that. Then in chapter 2, God allows man, humanity, to lay in a defense and uh, lay in their pleas. And he's allowed, God has allowed man to object. Um, it's a wonderful thing when you think about the, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator. He's a fair, he's just. He allows creation to have the issue of free will, choice. And when you allow that to happen, then you are, then you are fair, then, then you're going to judge. But you're still, who, who, who is he still? <laughs> He's God. He's the just and the justifier. So 
He allows man to object. That's what we saw in chapter 2 and chapter 3 here and up into verse number 9 where Paul lays in the closing arguments. Now in verse 19, the judge is going to give the verdict. And he's going to do so... He, he's, again, he's allowed man to have his say. When man says, oh, God didn't do this or God never let us know, he does. He has. This judgment day is a great white throne judgment. And he has pronounced man to be guilty. Verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. He has allowed. He has listened. He's been patient. He's been fair. Now, he doesn't have to. He could have just dealt with man instantly and moved on and created another guy and do, do it all over again. But he didn't do that. And the official declaration of the court, you know, uh, we, we, you see those things about the Supreme Court, and they, they have their ruling, and here's their ruling. The ruling of the court, God finds humanity guilty, okay? Now, we know that. We understand that. Paul's laying in the case here in the written word. Verse 20, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in, the, in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All, all are guilty. And that's the verdict. Now when you come in verse 19, verse 19 is, verse 19, 20, 21 are kind of linchpin verses here because of the language that he's going to use. Notice how verse 19 starts. Now we know. Verse 21. But now. If you look down at verse 26. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness. The language now is going to become very dispensational significant. We now have some new information that was never discussed, never talked about prior to the Apostle Paul. And when it, what he's good, and in connection to the sinner, verse 19, connection to the law, connection to, to, to the verdict of God here, no one has ever said what Paul is now going to say. Uh, some I, I think I tried to count the the that phrase, but now, and I think I counted something like maybe twenty twenty five right in there. I'm you know, the eyes begin to squiggle when you go through the. I don't use electronics; I use the concordance. So about that, you know how many times that phrase "but now" is used prior to Paul? Zero, none at all. The language that the discussion here. And, and what God's doing today in the dispensation of grace, now we know, but now, at this time, all of that language, all the way down through, Paul is now going to give new information, new revelation concerning the law and concerning 
humanity as guilty as charged. Notice verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith. So what does the law say? Come back to Exodus 20. Because Paul is going to tell us what the law says. And if you will remember, in, in chapter 2 of Romans, you have the, Jewish, the Jews, and they stand up, and they give their plea of immunity, okay? And they're going to use the law as the mechanism to say that they're immune. They have immunity. They can't be charged. You've got to drop the case, dismiss it. But what does the law, now we know what the law saith. This was never, Paul's never, no one prior to Paul ever says this. All right. Look at Exodus 20, look at verse 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I'm the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He's talking to, to, the, to, to Israel through Moses. Verse 3, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Verse 4, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Verse 5, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord thy God, I am a jealous God. Verse number 7, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Verse 12, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land uh, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Verse 13, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. What does the law say? Thou shalt not. See? See, the law says, thou shalt not. Paul, now, and in, in back in Romans 3, he's going to come along, go back to Romans 3, and he's going to say, we now know what the, we know something about the law system. 3.19, we know something. It's thou shalt not. What's it going to do? Verse 19, that every mouth may be, what? Stopped, and all the world may become guilty before him. I'm sorry, before God. You know what we know about the law that was never taught before? It's going to shut your mouth. Thou shalt not. It's going to, it's, it's going to, there's no, you have no legitimate claim or legitimate argument to say, well, I'm following the law. What does the law say? Thou shalt not. That when the Lord walked the earth, you know what he said? I came to fulfill the law, not destroy it. See, his, per, his thing about the law was not one jot and tittle won't pass away until all be fulfilled. Not thou shalt not. Not a stop. He looks over there in, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels and he'll come along and he'll say, you know, Moses said thou shalt not, but, but if you think it, you've done it. It isn't the physical activity now. Now it's a heart issue. That's how the Lord looked at the law. That's how he taught the Now Paul says, you know what we know about the law? We know some things about the law. We, we now know that every mouth may be stopped. 
we now know that the law, the whole system, proves you guilty. We know that. No one before Paul ever said that. No one comes along after Paul and says this. Paul says, you are guilty. Verse 20, therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is what? The knowledge of sin. Thou shalt not. You know what we know? We know that the law comes along and says what? That's what sin looks like, and you're guilty of it. It exposes sin. We know, we now know what the law really says. In verse 19, we now know that whatsoever things the law saith, by the, it saith to them who are under the law. Who was under the law? The nation of Israel were, was. Back in chapter 2, the law wasn't given to the Gentiles, but the law, when the Gentiles by nature did the law, it made them guilty. Okay? The whole world is guilty. Why? Because if Israel isn't going to do it, the world ain't doing it either. So it's proving everybody to be guilty. And we understand that. We know that the law is, we now know. I try to keep saying that because prior to Paul, no one ever said this. See, these verses have a, yes, the world is guilty in the courtroom, but now it also carries a dispensational significance to it because now we know that the law was designed to expose the sinner, not to justify the sinner. And what Paul's doing here, really, is he's, he is demonstrating to the Jews that they are doubly convicted. They, are conv they, they argue immunity. They use the law to argue that case, that objection. And what Paul's saying is, is you know what, guys? You can't use the law because you know what the law did? It made you guilty, and it, and it exposes you. So, Israel, you are guilty because you are a sinner, a son of Adam, but you're also guilty because you're a transgressor of the law. So they're double, they got a double-edged sword there. They got some trouble. Uh, come over to James. Hold on to Romans 3. Come to James chapter 2. And this is important in, in this situation here because of what's going to come now in verse 21, 22, and here's the plea deal. The plea offer of the faith of Christ can only be made when everybody understands that there is nothing out there that can fix the scenario. We now know. All right? James 2, verse number 10, is a verse that you ought to have very familiar in your thinking about when we talk, when you read these, these sections. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. How many sins did it take Adam and Eve to get kicked out of the garden? Just one. One. Disobedience. How many back to Romans 3, how many times does it take man to be guilty? Just one. And that's what Paul's getting at. Now we know that whatsoever things the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law. That 
every mouth may be stopped. That's an interesting thing. <laughs> mouth. You know what? We like to talk. Man is made to communicate, okay? I, I, I was talking with the shutdown and everything last month, a couple months there, um, talking to a couple of our folks here, and they are introverts. You know, that's an odd, that, that is an odd thing for a hum, humanity for someone to be an introvert. We weren't created that way. We were created, now they, they do talk and communicate. You know, they're not mute, <laughs> you know. But we're create. so what does man do? What do we like to do? We like to talk. We like to argue, don't we? You go, look back there in Romans 2. Romans 2, verse 15. Romans 2, 15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, that their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Man, we like to talk. Chapter 3 there, verse 14, whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. We like to talk. We like to argue. We like to get down in it, and, and uh, we, we like to, to, to work it and defend ourselves and justify ourselves. And you know what God says, 319? Stop. Just shut up. You know? Just shut up, man. And if you would be quiet for a minute, I can tell you what I did to help you. Here's, I can give you the plea offer. <laughs> I can give you the plea deal. But you won't be quiet. You're just, you know, running on with the mouth. And that's what he's doing. Because Israel is convicted by the law. It stops Israel. They can't defend themselves. But it also indicts the whole world as well. I don't know if you've ever thought about Abraham or Adam and Eve or Noah, the guys before Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were given the law. It just wasn't added for transgression's sake. It wasn't given in an if-then situation until Moses. But they were taught the law of God. Why? Romans 7, is the law righteous? Yeah. Who's the problem? We are. Say, man is. Sin is. With the law comes the knowledge of sin. Galatians, it's added for the transgression. So Abraham, I, I think about Adam and Abraham. They're going to do sacrifices. Adam learns how to do animal sacrifices and everything once he's been kicked out of the garden and all. And, you know, you kind of want, I always think, what's going through their mind? When we get to heaven and I see them, I'm going to ask them, what was going through your mind when you were doing that stuff prior to Moses? And he's like, well, that was the word of God to me. That's what I did. It wasn't an if and then. It was, I'm going to do this because God told me to do this. See, the law is righteous. The problem is when Moses comes on and, and God gives the top ten, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not. Now what has he done? If you perform, then I bless you. If you don't, Exodus 19, 5 and 6, then I'm, there's a curse involved. And that was the contract. That was the covenant that, is, that God made with Israel. But then through that, he also indicts the whole world. Now come back to Job 9. That every mouth may be stopped and the whole, 
and all the world may become guilty before God. That issue about the mouth being stopped. And and again, it's fascinating to me how often you get to talking to someone and they never shut up. They just keep... I've been accused of that. You talk a lot, my kids will say. Well, yeah, that's my job, you know. And they're like, no, Dad, you talk a lot. <laughs> okay. But when it would end down, he was alive. He used to tell me in as few words as possible, would you answer my question? And I'd go, Ed, I can't do it in a few words. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just uh, Why? Because you, you've got to build the link. If there was a, ver- a verse that solved all of one of the problem at hand, then it's easy. Just read this verse, all right? Pro- hard part's believing the verse. Harder part's doing what the verse told you to do. But there isn't just a verse. There's a, there's a link in it, a chain. You got Job 9, right? Verse 1. Then Job answered and said, I know it is, it is so of a truth. But how should man be just with God? That Paul's revelation, we now know, the but now, gives the final answer to that question of verse 2. How shall a man be just of God? In Job's case, it would be following the, obeying the word of God that was given to him. That's faith. Noah, faith. Daniel, Isaiah, all of the prophet guys... How how were they just before God? They did what the word of God to them told them to do. How do you and I, how are we just today before God? Well, what does the word of God to us today say? Trust, faith alone, in the shed, the work of Calvary. Right? So then if I come over here and I add a work to it, am I operating by faith or by unbelief? Unbelief, see. What is faith? Positive response to the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what faith is. I know people say, oh, I've got faith. i got faith the sun's going to come up in the morning. Why? Because it has the last 50 years of my life. You know? God said it that way. Now, what could happen in the nighttime? Rapture. I could die, go to sleep, never wake up again. Will I see the sun the next morning like I normally have for 50 years? No. I'll be in heaven. (laughs) Be far better, right? But I have faith, you know, that the system's going to keep working because it has since Genesis 1. So you can have faith in a bunch of things, but when you talk about the faith that God accepts, it's it's in trusting and responding positively to his word. What does his word say about fill in the blank? You know, I was always funny when the twins were born. Somebody said, well, you know, there's no book written on how to raise kids. I said, yeah, there is. It's right there. You just got to believe it and trust it and do it. <laughs> you know, and to a degree we did. <laughs> but and sometimes you don't. See, faith How is a man just with God? Paul provides that final answer, and it's not by the law, because the law does what? Exposes the sin, but it's by faith. And that's going to be the issue. Now look at verse 3. If he, 
and that's man, will contend with him, that's God. Now watch, he cannot answer him one of a thousand. Isn't that interesting? What is man going to do with God? Argue with him, try to argue him down. How do you argue God down? Yap, run off at the mouth. What did Romans 3 say? Every mouth may be stopped. God, shut up. <laughs> I, we don't use that word in our house growing up with the kids, just like we don't watch the yellow people, the Simpsons, okay? So, all right, we just never, we never did this, the yellow people, right? So, I would look at it and you just stop. <laughs> stop talking. Be quiet, you know? And then we would go and do, I can remember, oh, uh, and I would look at my kids and say, if you would have listened to what I said, you'd have known what we were doing. Well, but I go, no, you didn't. Shh, be quiet and listen. <laughs> you just ran off, okay? We were at the state fair one time when the kids were little, back when you could go to the state fair and not get uh, accosted. And uh, one of them wanted something really bad, you know, one of the stuffed animals that required you to play the game and win and everything, you know, which I don't play games very well. If I don't see straight, I don't throw straight, I don't, you know, do a lot. Well, I had talked to one of the guys, one of the carnies, and just kind of asked him, hey, how can we get one of those for the little guys, you know, and they're like, well, you got to play the game, and then I'll, he, he goes, wink, wink, and I'll, I said, okay, you know. Well, they didn't know that. So they're just, rah, 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 and I said, would you just shut up? <laughs> and the guy's laughing at me, and I'm like, you know, and they threw the ball and didn't, you know, win technically, but won in the gift. And I thanked the guy, and I'm like, ay, 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 would you just be quiet, you know? That's what God's doing. Little, little children, me, 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 me. Shut up. You're going to contend with me. I know you are. Look down at verse 20. If I, man, justify myself, how do, how do you justify? Mine own mouth shall condemn me. If I say I am perfect, it shall also prove me perverse. You know what man's going to do? He's going to stand before God, the great white throne judgment. That's where we're at. And he's going to start running off at the mouth instead of stand there and just be quiet. And you know what? It's going to do what? It's going to condemn him. It's just going to seal the deal. Verse 32, 932. For he is not a man, talking about God, as I am. You see, that's man's problem. Man thinks God thinks like he thinks. God doesn't think like you think. You're a man. He's not. That I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment again verse 20 if i justify if i sit over here and try to justify out what i'm doing you know what's going to happen it's just going to condemn me because i'm thinking god thinks like i think and god doesn't think that way see so man always come back to romans 3 tries to have the last word. And in reality, the one with the last word is the judge. And you know what he says? Shut up. You're guilty. Stop. 
You had the opportunity. We'll open the books. Here's your opportunities you had. Enough. 319, every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, isn't this interesting? The law says what? What does, now we know, what does the law say? Guilty. You're guilty. Thou shalt not. You can't do it. Therefore, verse 20, the deeds of the law, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. What's the purpose of the law? The knowledge of what? Sin. No value in there, no benefit in the law, no saving grace in the law. Paul's gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, now reveals that the deeds of the law can never justify man. Come back to, with me real quick to Acts 13. Now, only Paul says this, Acts 13. Okay? This gets Paul in a lot of hot water in his day. Because, by the way, who was Paul? What was his pedigree, Philippians 3? He's a what? A Pharisee of a Hebrew of a Hebrew. Pharisee, tribe of men. What better man to say, the benef- there's no benefit in the law, than the number one law keeper? <laughs> what a great thing. Here he is. Here's the guy. He's climbed the ladder, sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He is the Hebrew of Hebrew, Pharisee of the Pharisee, tribe of Benjamin, the special tribe, no less. Not just of a tribe, but the special tribe of Benjamin. And you know what he looks over there, Acts 13? Look down there at verse 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, now we know, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Woo, do you think that riled up the crowd? Yeah, it sure enough did. So much so that when you get down there at verse 45, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should, have fir- should first have been spoken to you, and seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we turned it. Boy, they were not happy with Paul when they said, You can never be forgiven by the law. Romans 3, therefore, by the deeds of the law, and I'll be honest with you, 320 is some great news. It's some good news. Because you know what it tells you? You can't do it. What did the law say? Guilty, guilty, guilty. Be quiet. Shut up. You're guilty. Thou shalt not. You know? (laughs) Therefore, by the By the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be. Boy, that's wonderful news. God is not going to justify man based on the deeds of the law. That's great news. You know why? Because you can't keep them. You can never do. 613 or whatever, depending on how you count them. You know, 
one of the conditions in the law is not having mixed linen, mixed fabric. You know, everyone in this room has mixed fabric on. Sorry. I know it says 100% cotton, but there's some other stuff in there, I can guarantee you. It itches. <laughs> there's some other, right? Uh, this thing, you know, this, the whole bit. See, you can't do that. How about the dietary laws? Little fish fry, huh? You can't have it. Sorry, Charlie. Little shrimp on the Barbie. Nope. <clears throat> Thanks for playing. How about a little lobster? Nope, can't have that. No bacon. No ham. You can have the peach cobbler because that's come from the tree, right? Uh, no, there you go. Work it in somehow this morning. No, see, you, you're in trouble, aren't you? Why? Because what did the law say? You're guilty. You're guilty. You can't. Therefore, wow, what wonderful news that our justification doesn't depend on my activity. And what God is telling man here when Paul writes Romans, he's giving them the, he's giving them the case law of how he's going to judge man out. And you know what God's telling man in verse 20? Shut up. Listen to what I got to say to you. Be quiet. If you will just be quiet, stop, shut up, and listen to what I got to say for you, I will give you the way out of this judgment. Verse 22, 21. But now the righteousness of God, what? Without the laws manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. If you'll just be quiet, listen to what I've got to say, I'll show you what I've provided for you. What I've done for you. But you know what? That law ain't going to get it done. Come over to Galatians 3. Now, again, we now know, but now, that dispensational change is why this is here, if you will. Chapter 3 of Galatians, verse 21. Galatians 3, 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? Isn't that a great question? God forbid. What an answer. <laughs> No, it's not against the promises. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. A law. If there was just one law, it only took one to get rid of to get Adam and Eve out of the garden, it would have only taken one law to do what? Give them life, justify guess what? There isn't. And that's what 320 is doing. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You back in Romans 3 now? Look down at verse 28. Actually, verse 21 but now the righteousness of God, notice, without the law is manifest, without the law, verse 28, 
Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Chapter 4 of Romans, verse 13, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. See that? But through the righteousness of what? Faith. Romans 4.13. You see, the promise came by what? By faith. Not the doing the law. Verse 14. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. That draws your attention back to, chat, to verse 3. Verse 2, sorry. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. Verse 1, what shall we say then that Abraham our father is pertaineth to flesh hath found? What did Abraham find out about his flesh with Hagar and Ishmael? Your justification isn't based upon what you did. It's based upon what I'm going to do. That's why he says, verse 3, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Verse 5, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted. Keeping the law doesn't get you anywhere. It just gets you the knowledge of sin, gets you to feel guilty, gets you in all this you know, treadmill. And you know what? Faith is what took care of the deal. Come over to chapter 5. Chapter 5. Of Romans, I'm sorry. You're are you still? You're, well, you're right there by four. Look down at verse 16, 416. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Notice how faith is the issue, not the law. When we get over in Romans 4, we'll spend some time looking at that issue of Abraham and his justification unto eternal life. Was he circumcised or uncircumcised? Uncircumcised. But when he, got, when, but when he took on the sign and the seal of circumcision, he was also justified, declared to be right. Just not to eternal life, but to the nation ish of program that God is going to set up with his seed. That's how he can be, verse 16, the father of us all. Why? Because he's the father of what? Faith. And that's what it is. Chapter 5, verse 20. I told myself, don't get bogged down and <laughs> get into minutia and you don't get through. 5.20. Romans 5, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might, what? Abound. But when sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Man, what did the law do? The law comes in and it, do, and, and it shines a light, big old bright light on the sin. And what is it? It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, doesn't it? You see, the law comes in and reveals what's really inside of you. What's, what you're really made up of. Shines a big old bright light on it. And you know what you are? You are are a sinner. Okay? Chapter 6, verse 14. 
after we've come down through and learned our identity uh, in Christ and, our, and we've learned our position, we begin now to talk about playing our position. Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For ye are not under the law. Well, what is the law? By the law comes the what? The knowledge of sin. The law, over the, and we'll, we'll, we'll go over there in 1 Corinthians 15, and you know what you learn? That the strength of the sin is, comes from where? The law. So the law, the law, all, all of this is going on. The law, we're not under. We're under grace. Come over to chapter 7, verse 5. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were, notice, by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. The motions of sin, how, why were they functioning? Because the law was there. And what did the law say? You're guilty. Here's the knowledge of sin. Here's what you were doing. Come back there to chapter 5. Verse number 12. Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Sin's there. But until you got something that says, thou shalt not, you don't know what you're doing is wrong. And the law says, shines a big old light on what you're already doing and saying, na 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 boo boo, that's wrong. Shame, shame, shame. You're guilty. Come on over to chapter 7, verse 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin, that it might, not watch, appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Notice what the purpose of the law in verse 13 is. To make sin, what? Appear. Make it show up. Shine that big old light on it. That it might, uh, but sin, that it might appear sin. I was trying to think of how to illustrate what the law does. Have you ever gone in and had an MRI done? When you go into the MRI, you've you met with the doctor. The doctor says you got cancer of the head, so we got to go see what's going on in your head. You are cancer of the mouth. Let's just keep on running. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. You're, you're over. All right. And what does the MRI do? It shows everything. Does the MRI heal you and fix you? No. It does what? It just shows your problem, doesn't it? It just shows where the problem is. But it can't fix the problem. You know what the law does? Same thing as that MRI. Shines in and says, there's the problem but it has no recipe to fix the problem. Rather, who comes along to fix the problem? Well, if it's an MRI, your doctor's better, hopefully. They have a fix, you know. We are growing up in the neighborhood there in Elmwood Park, and we had a young man, uh, one of our buddies, we were playing football in the street, which is what you did, and we would go, you go down to the pink car and turn right, and well, the ball will be there, and he did. Well, he tripped and fell and busted his his jaw hit the bumper of the car, 
broke his jaw, so they had to wire his mouth. I was the quietest that kid was for weeks. Cause, but what did they do? They had to wire his mouth shut, okay? Because to get it all set back in the day when medicine was just coming out of the cave, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, is what does the law do? It shines on it. You're in Romans, right? Romans 8. Romans 8. Verse 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. See, it can't fix you. That's the point. God, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Come on over to chapter 10. Chapter 10 of Romans and verse 4. When Paul says, we now know. But now the righteousness of God without the law. He says, chapter 10, verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. You know what Paul gives you, the due time testifier, the now revealer? He says, you know what that law was running you to back there? Christ. You know at the end of the law for righteousness, you know who the end of the law was? Christ. You know what Israel needed to realize? They couldn't do the law, that they needed who? Jehovah. They needed the, the Savior. They didn't. They added man's tradi father's traditions to it. They sit over there. That's why we did chapter, uh, come over to 1 Corinthians 15, just so you read that verse we were talking about just a minute ago. He comes along there, and they add to it, and that publican sits over there, that self-righteous guy, and he says, I'm not like that sinner over there, and I tithe, and I do this, and I do that. And you know what? God says, be quiet. You're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. And that publican, that little sinner, he sits there and says, I'm nobody. I'm just a sinner. Beats his chest and says, I'm a sinner. And I'm standing here before them looking for mercy. And then he leaves and then the Lord looks at them and he says, you know who left justified? That publican did. That Pharisee, he's on his way to hell. That's Rick's terms. And he's going to be, and he's going to be upset when he sees these, that publican going into the kingdom and he's not. 1 Corinthians 15 Verse 56, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. That performance-based acceptance system of you perform to be accepted gets you nowhere. Come over to Galatians 2. You know that there is no verse that I've found that says that the law stops sin. You know what it says? It, magnif it, it, show it makes it appear to be what it is, sin. Put that big old floodlight on it. Poop, sinner, 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 sinner. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha, huh? gotcha. No verse says that the law will justify you. In Paul's ministry there in Acts, Acts 15, they, Galatians 2, where we're at here, they come at Paul because Paul's out there preaching. The law won't get it done. You keeping the law, won't, he's preaching what we're pre I'm talking about this morning. And you know what they say? If you you got to keep the law to be justified. 
And you've got to keep the law to show that you're justified. And Paul says, you know what? We shut that mess down. I, I lo look at Galatians 2. Look at verse number 4. And that because the false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage to whom we gave place by subjection. No, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue. You know what that Paul's saying there? When you're dealing with people and they bring up keeping the law, you're to shut them up right there. You're not to let them continue talking like that. Because the knowledge of sin is by what? The law. The strength of the law is sin, see? And you know what Paul did? When they started saying, well, you got to keep Moses, he shut them down. He didn't let them continue. He didn't let, not, no sub, not by an hour. We shut them down. That's ruthless. That isn't, oh, well, I, give me a fair hearing. No, that destroys the gospel because it adds a work. It adds your activity to it. That's why in 1 Corinthians 1 there, he'll say, hey, he'll say, hey, how you doing? 117, he says, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. He says, shut that mess down. Don't, well, we keep the law, we do this. I love the guy, oh, are you a... Spirit-filled church. I said, yep, every time the people come, the building's filled with the Spirit. He goes, well, that's not what I mean. I said, I know what you mean, and you're wrong. And he goes, well, so are you. Bam. I'm like, good, I don't have to talk to that guy no more. Then he called me back two days later and talked to me for an hour. But no, shut it down. Galatians 2, sorry. Galatians 2. Look at verse 21, Galatians 2, 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. What would frustrate the grace of God? The law. Keep it, trying to keep and do the law to prove that you're justified. That's why he says there in verse 1, or chapter 1, about you're so soon removed from him that brought you the gospel of Christ unto another. Verse 21 for if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. God, Paul, is against the law as a, man, as a means of justification unto eternal life. And as a means of sanctification of the, the grace life. He says the law doesn't belong in either one of them. Keep it out. Galatians 5, verse 1. 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the, notice, the yoke of bondage. Now, if you come back to chapter 4, look at chapter 4. Look at verse number 9. For, but now, after that ye have known God, or rather known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days and months and times and years. You see, they want to go back to the law, and look at how Paul describes the law as what? Weak and beggarly and bondage. 
And he says in 5.1, you need to stand fast in the liberty and don't get entangled again with that yoke of bond. Don't go back underneath that law system. Verse 4, 5.4, Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. What frustrates grace? Going back underneath that law system. Don't do it. I think you get the point. Ah, let's go. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse number 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Who abolished the law of commandments? Well, Verse 14, for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Well, who is that? Verse 13, but now in who? Christ Jesus. See, Christ did that. You go over to Colossians 2, you can read that verse 13 and 14 there. And guess who did that to you, for you? Christ did. Now come back to Romans 3. So in Romans 3, verse 19 and 20, the verdict is guilty. And what establishes it, just as Paul used the Old Testament, the right, as it is written, verse 10, and lays in the written evidence against, now we're going we're gonna to deal with that issue about the law because now we know something. Now we know. Verse 21, we'll start there next week. But now the righteousness, now there's a dispensational element that's being introduced into the court record. And the record is, is that now we understand something about that law that we never understood before, Paul. And that's that it made you guilty as well. In 2.17 up there, what did that Jew do? He rests in the law, didn't he? He says, we got the law. And Paul says, yeah, you got the law, but you don't keep the law. And he yeah, well, we got the oracles of God. He goes, yeah, but you don't obey the oracles of God. It's your disadvantage, as it is written. Look at who you are. And you know what a Gentile, I, I love this because what does the world do? Don't they watch? And they go, well, he's getting away with it. Let's try that one. Well, I was a Jew by my eighth great-grandma. Huh? That ain't going to work either because what did he do? He said, you're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. And the law... Claiming that law. And what he's going to do now, starting in 21 down in, in this, is he's going to say, hey, what the, really the issue is is faith. It's God's righteousness without the law. So if anyone says, hey, you guys don't believe the law, the, the answer is, yeah, we do, just not for us today. <laughs> It's like the issue of water baptism. I had a guy, you guys don't believe in water baptism. I said, I do believe in water baptism as it pertains to the nation of Israel and her program. <laughs> we don't have a baptismal in the back back there, you know. If we did, it'd have jets on it. It would be a jacuzzi <laughs> for those long days of studying in the Word, you know. <laughs> Weary to the flesh. But we don't. Why? Because water baptism, is it important? Yes. But dispensationally, you have to consider where it belongs. 
Folks, the Bible says it. We believe it. We're just going to put it where the Bible says put it. Paul's dealing with the law because you know what man's going to do? They're going to pull up. Well, we kept the law. Thou shalt not. We didn't steal. We didn't kill. Yeah, but they got that little word called pride. And when they stick that pride word in there and they get all proudful, he's just going to pull the books open and say, guilty. Now, starting in verse 21, we'll see the plea deal. And we'll see what God, he says, be quiet. I did something for you if you'll just be quiet and let me tell you. And we'll do that, okay? All right. Dearly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. And above all, Lord, we thank you that you did everything for us. And while for, for man that's hard to accept and hard to take, it was just, it's just that simple. And it's just that easy to believe, to place our faith in your activity and not in our own. We'll give you the honor and the praise for that. In your name we pray. Amen.